Well, again, good morning, everyone. Good morning, uh, those who are online, those on YouTube, Facebook, Zoom, our website. We welcome you here this morning. I've been very, um, the Lord has really impressed in my heart to share a word. I was kind of deviating this week, but uh, he kind of reminded me, this is what I want you to share this morning. So I've got to be very, very obedient. This is something that I'm working on, obedience, you know. When the Lord speaks, we've got to respond. So the word I'm going to share today is called God's way or God's reason. This is a word that has been really impressed to me, and especially as a church and as a people of God, as we are moving and getting ready for his return, one of the things that we need to understand is sometimes God's way is very different to our ways. So I want to share this. Now, I said that many times that the world is changing before our eyes, and, uh, and I think sometimes we don't even realize how quickly things are moving and I believe that we are very getting closer, closer to the last, I will call it the last lap of human history in that sense. As we're getting closer to Jesus' reign on this earth for a thousand years, we begin to see a widening between the world and the word of God. Between the ways of God and the world. We can see this gap just getting Bigger and bigger each time. Interestingly, I wasn't going to share this, but I, yesterday, this morning, as I was meditating again, the Lord said, you should share what you read. And uh, a few days ago, I read an article, and um, I knew a little bit about it, but I didn't realize how close we were to achieve this. We know that people... The world, in that sense, has been striving for immortality. This is something that they really want to, to achieve, in that sense. You know, they've been trying to be death since the beginning. And um, this guy is a futurist, a computer scientist. don't know if you know him. His name is Ray Kurzweil. And he made previous predictions um, on when the human race will be able to live forever, and when artificial intelligence will reach what we call the singularity, which is really the point of time when artificial intelligence will be such as a level that it'll be able to take over. It looks like we are watching Terminator, but believe me, it will come to a point when come to that point where uh, artificial intelligence will be so high that they'll be able to replace human in that sense. Now, these guys mentioned in his article a few days ago that Artificial intelligence will probably be able to reach a singularity, as I mentioned, by the year 2030. You know, we're now talking about 20, 40 years ago. This is seven years. So in about seven years, the way technology is moving forward, they will be able to develop an artificial intelligence that will be able to basically, number one, take over the world in that sense as we speak. But the interesting thing is that people have really listened to this guy because in the early 90s, he predicted by 2000, a computer would be able to beat the world's best human chess player, which happened. He also foresaw handheld devices becoming a big part 
of our life. Who's got a mobile phone here? Everybody's got a mobile phone. Now, how do you use this mobile phone? Let, let's be honest. It's not part of our lives today. Can we do without a mobile phone? Let's, let's be honest. I can't. Can you? Everything we do today is a mobile phone. You need a mobile for this. And he predicted it. So what he says here in the article, I just got to pick up some extra of his article here. He says, in terms of AI tech reaching the human level of intelligence, Kurzweil believed 2029 will be the year followed by immortality in 2030. 2029 is a consistent date I have predicted for when an AI will pass a valid Turing test and therefore achieve human levels of intelligence. Now, when we are referring to level of intelligence, we see talking about an, a computer, a machine. Let, let's put it away. What AI is, is a machine, you know, with such an high-level algorithm that they will be able to think like a man and process like a man and a greater rate. And we are talking about we're about seven years away from this. He also said that we'll be able to advance human life expectancy by more than a year every single year. And I think we can get there by the end of this decade. So he truly believed that by the time we reach 2030, man will be able to live forever. I call this blasphemy. But this is where we are leading towards. He also suggests that Nanobots, you know, if you don't know about nanotechnology, we, um, we're running a show in uh, May, and we're going to be touching a lot on nanotechnology, which is basically smaller than nanotech, whatever. I can't really, I'm not a technician or, you know, but I can, I can tell you that the nanotechnology is already working in every devices that we have today, and even in medicine, health, for those who want to talk about vaccine, you know, the mRNA is made of nanotechnology and so on, but we're not going to go into detail. So nanotechnology is already there. And he said this, suggested that nanobots will flow in our blood and help keep us healthy while also uploading our thoughts and memories to the cloud. When I read this, I thought, Maybe 30, 40 years, maybe 50 at least. They're talking about seven years. So if they're talking about seven years to reach us as people, I can already tell you that when it comes to the military, they already got that technology in place because they well advanced, you know, this, they, they tested in the military before giving it to the population. So that technology is already there. And while we are talking here, we are talking about people looking at a world without redemption. A world with no justification, without repentance, living on this earth forever. But you know what? <laughs> this is what I say. We thank the Lord for his ways as higher than our ways. We thank the Lord because he will prevail. Do you know what? There is no escaping in death. You can try to delay it. You can try everything. There is no escaping in death. We are born into sin. And only through Jesus, and I say Jesus and Jesus alone, we will have eternal life. 
Romans 6.23, one of my favorite scripture, says this. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. One of my favorite scriptures of all the scriptures. No amount of technology, advancement, health, anything can change the work of the cross. Nothing can change what Jesus has done on the cross. Nothing. Nothing. John 19.30, one of my other scriptures I really like as well. He says this. Jesus was on the cross. He was on the cross. He was about to die. And he says this. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave us his spirit. Now, most of the time we look at the scripture and we say, amen. This is wonderful. But there's a word here which is so significant called it is finished. And I went to do some study on it. You know, what does it mean? What Jesus said, what did he say? It is finished. When he on the cross, dying, shedding his blood, and then he said, it is finished, and then he's dead. The English translation for the Greek, it is finished, word called tetelestia. I spell it for you, T-E-T-E-L-E-S-T-A-I. And it comes from the verb teleo, and it means to bring to an end, to complete a task that has been assigned. It is finished. This is the word that we used when we finish an exam, when we finish a task. Maybe you finish to pay your mortgage. I don't know whether people finish to pay their mortgage, but what a relief it is. Or you pay, you're finished to pay your car. It is finished. It is done. I've done it. That's what it means. But it means more than just that. When Jesus said it is finished, it means that what is done, what he has come to accomplish, it is done. Not only in the past, but in the present and in the future. Which means that the work on the cross was completed in the past, but also completed as he stand here dying, and also completed in the future. This is why today you and I can come to the Lord and say, Lord, I give you my life, I repent of all I'm seeing, I receive you as my Lord and Savior, because of this word, it is finished. It is finished not only meaning the past, it is finished meaning the present, and it is finished meaning in the future. And this work on the cross was finished not only for you and I, but for everyone. And that was God's plan, great plan for us. It was God's plan yesterday. It is God's plan today, and it's still God's plan tomorrow. That's not going to change. It is God's plan for your children, for my children, for our loved ones, for our friends, for our work colleague, for cousin, for aunties, uncles, strangers, criminals, homosexual, transgenders, everyone in the world. That is the work of the cross. Every single person. One of the scriptures that we learn a lot as a new convert, one of the first scriptures, John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him 
should not perish but have everlasting life. It is finished. It is finished. That was God's way. And that's what I want to talk about. Isaiah 55, 9 says this. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thought than your thought. I can even read from verse 8, if you can turn to it. Verse 8, if you can find it for me at the back. And I'm going to read it. He goes and says this in verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Not are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heaven are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. Such a powerful scripture. There are things that we cannot comprehend. There are things which is out of understanding. You know, our intellect is limited. Do you, have you heard that phrase said that we're only using 10% of our mind? It's a lie. I've done some research. It's a pure lie. This is men wanting to think that they can be like God. So we're only using 10%. So let's try to reach 20, 30, 40 to 90 to get to the level of God. The truth is we are losing all our intellect, 100%. All of it. Now, this interesting 10% claim was made, goes back to 1936. I've done some research, guys. I really, I needed to ask the Lord, and I've done some research. 1936, a journalist called Lowell Thomas, he wrote, say, in the foreword to Dale Carnegie, famous left-head book, how to win friends and influence people that the average person develop only 10% of his talent, mental ability. And I, actually, when he wrote this article, he credited this to a psychologist called Thomas William James. But William James never said that. He never wrote or used only 10% of our brain. Instead, James wrote that he believed that we are only making use of a small part of our possible mental and physical resource. That's what he says. He didn't say that we only use 10%. The human brain uses 100% and 100% here. The interesting thing is that compared to God, it's limited. There are things that we cannot comprehend. Sometimes the things we don't know what God is doing it. And you can't just try to think about it, wreck your brain and try to figure out, but you cannot. Because what the scripture says again, let's turn to verse 9. What does it say? My ways are higher than your ways. God's ways are higher than ours. Us pretending that we can reach to God's level is a blasphemy, is a crime. And I'm speaking the truth here. When God flooded the earth and the earth repopulated, there was a group of people that decided that they wanted to build a, a tower called the Tower of Babel just to come against God. Let God know that we can do it. 
We don't need you. We can do it ourselves. If we get together, we can get to the sky because that's what they thought God was. We don't need you, God. We can do it ourselves. So they built a tower. And the scripture said that God looked down in earth and he saw it and he knew what was going to happen. And he didn't have to destroy the tower. He didn't have to nuke the tower. All he needed to do is just to confuse them with the world. You know, that scripture says that it was a highest. They're not just different. They're higher. They're better. They're superior. They exist on a grander scale. That's what God's ways are. They're not different. They're just so much higher than ours. Why? Why is ways higher? Because the Bible said that God is omnipotent, is omniscient, is omnipresent, is all-powerful, is all-knowing. And we've got to realize this. We're very proud people, but we've got to realize that in God's eyes, this is what we are. That's it. You know, when astronauts get to the uh, space station, when they're looking at the earth, this is what they see. The earth. So can you imagine six billion people living inside the earth? And sometimes we think that we are, you know, we are right. We're good. Like this scientist, immortality and artificial intelligence, technology, and, and so on. <laughs> Luke 12, 7 says this. And the very hairs on your head are all numbered. God knows every single hair, the number of your hair. The hair that you got on your head, on your nose, everywhere. He knows it all. God's ways are higher than our ways. You know. We just have to look around the earth. What did God's ways brought to this earth? Look around us. We are got some uh, Russian dictator that decided that uh, he wanted another piece of land for himself, so he go invite Ukraine. We've got things in, going on in, in China. They're preparing to invite Taiwan. We've got America that's falling down because they don't know which direction to take. My beloved country in France, you could see that I can't even get there because there's riots everywhere. Because Mr. Macron decided that he wants to do what he wants to do. He doesn't care about what the people think. And then we got here the cost of living. Crisis. And that's God's way. That, is it God's ways or is it man's ways? Is it not? Honestly, I'm asking. Is it God's ways or is it man's ways? When we look around it, man's ways. Yesterday, we went to London to uh, the War Museum, and I, I was, there was a section which was about the Holocaust, and I was just sitting down for about 20 minutes, listening, watching the testimony, and, and the stories, the horrific stories that took place over there. You know, we're talking about six million, over six million people just killed because they were Jews, just for who they were. You know, and they were also talking about Hitler, you know, the, the ideology of, 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 uh, of Nazis and, and fascists. That is not God's ways. That is man's ways. So when we look at this earth today, 
is polluted. Polluted with sin. Complete sin. And the only way for things to change, God has to intervene. And he has already intervened through his Lord, Son, Jesus. God's ways. And when I look at the Bible, the way he parted the sea, you know, the Red Sea, when the, 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 um, the Jews were running away from the Egyptians. Now, we look at the stories and maybe we look to Charleston, the, the, the Moses or the, the great Ten Great Commandments. They, they don't play anymore, but they used to play every Christmas, every year, the Ten Commandments. Charleston with his beard and his red and his hair and it's standing here. But truly, it is an amazing thing to see the sea be departed. And God did it. He did it. And he just spoke the word. What about Joshua's story? For those who read Joshua, the book of Joshua, verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. He says this. He said, the sun stand still so Joshua's army could defeat the enemy. The sun stands still. This is God. He can do anything. Anything. I mean, I'm not just mind blown by the fact that the planet that God has created for us has the right amount of distance to the sun so it's not too hot for us. And the right amount is not too far away so it's not too cold. If you go and look at Jupiter, this is a high it's a high sin planet because it's further away from the sun. And you look at the planet closer to the sun, it's very hot. But the atmosphere and the environment that God has created is just perfect for us. Now, can a man do that? I don't think so. I don't think so. But not only the distance of the earth is perfect, the rotation of the earth also is perfect. Do you know that if the earth stops rotating now, is the end of human race as we speak now. The polar shift changing will create such an event of cataclysm that we won't be able to survive it. We're talking about the pollution of the air, the ozone layers that protect us from the radiation from the sun to the oxygen that's created, the, 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 the movement between the CO2 and the oxygen, the hydrogen oxygen, for those who do physics, you know, that rotating between to allow us to breathe. The plant that's created allows us to breathe. Without the plant on this earth, we die. We die. Because of the oxygen created. And that's God's ways. God sent an angel to let Peter out of jail in the book of Acts. God's ways. His ways are higher than our ways. You know, when I hear, I, when I was a young kid, I used, to, um, I used to listen to Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. I never understood it, the reason. Obviously, I was very young. But this is how people think. They're doing it their way. Even Christians doing it their way. And they're using the scripture, twist a little bit, you know, just a portion of scripture, and then do it. So when they want to fulfill something, they say, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. Yes, you can, but there's a context to it. When he say God is love, there's a context to it. You know, people use the word God is love to justify, and I'm speaking it, to justify changing the word when it comes to homosexuality, transgenders. But God is love. God loves everyone. Of course he does. He does. But there's another side of it. There's a sin side of it that people don't like to talk of it. I always say to my children, the two, God's got two sides of the coin. You've got the love of God, and you've got God which is a judge. And there's two sides. And eventually, it will come on this earth where God's wrath will come on this earth to judge it. And we've got to remember this. You know, one of the other reasons God's ways are higher than us is because there's always a bigger plan. There's always a bigger plan. We only see a small piece of the plan. When I said to you, God is the Alpha, is the Omega, is the beginning, is the end, is omnipresent, omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful. So he has knowledge of every single thing. And he has a plan. And his plan is bigger than ours. We only see a portion of it. God's high. He is still in control today. Even if you feel life is abandoning you, even if you feel the stress, the trauma, the pain, he's still in control. Even allowing James, the apostle James, to be stoned to death, you're thinking, this is your apostle. This is the person that just loves you, serve you. But you allow him to be stoned to death because there is a bigger plan. And we don't have the understanding of the plan. As I mentioned, our intellect is very limited. And that's the thing. God's plan is greater than our plan. I'm telling you. I read this word, which was very, very interesting. It says this. We see a portion of the jumbled back of the tapestry. God is the weather at the loom. We've got to leave God's plan. We've got to be confident and trusted that whatever God is that is doing for our good. My wife laughing at me because I'm going to try to get that scripture that she always says, you know. And, um, you know, I, that scripture is funny. Is it Romans 6, 8, 28, is it? For, what is it again? Uh, no, she loved, she loved to say that's our favorite scripture. Go for it. We know that we know that whole things works together for good. But number one, for those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. God's plan, there's always something good for us. Mars, if you can put that picture of the, the car. You know, one of the questions that we're asking ourselves is, why are we still alive today? Why? 
why I was still alive today. Now, when I was a teenager, my mom passed away. Um, it's quite a long time now. My brother was here and never really known her at all. She passed away, and uh, my life kind of take a, took a, a different turn. You know, there's a lot of things that was happening in my life, um, which I'm not going to go into detail into this. But one of the first things that I was experiencing when I was a young, going through the life is sickness. I used to cough a lot. And when I was coughing, blood was literally coming out of it. So I knew I had pneumonia in, in essence. Now, it's gone now. I don't have this because God's what he did. I was driving with uh, Alexander, we were talking, and he was asking me a question about driving and accident that I had before. Uh, and some of you know what happened. In 2017, somebody was driving me to pick up a car, and he decided that he wanted whatever he's thinking about, playing Hamilton or whatever, and he was speeding. He was completely in the wrong. Skipped the red lights and uh, didn't see a car coming to the right, big Volvo, and smashed into the car, probably about, way about 50, 60 miles in a suburban area, in essence. This is it. So I'm just, where the damage here, that's where I am. That's where I am here. Just before the accident came, I saw the car coming, closed my eyes, and I said to the Lord, this is it. And everything felt like it was slow motion. I was just waiting to go and meet my maker. That's why I was waiting. Because literally, there's no way I can come out of this at all. I felt the impact. The seatbelt tied me, my chest, to the point that I wasn't actually moving at all. I was stranded there. I felt that, I don't know, I can explain it, but I felt that I was held back. For whatever reason, I was held back. The, um, how do you call it? The, uh, uh, the the hair, but thank you, just came out, didn't even touch me at all. The car spin, crash, boom, bing, bang, whatever you hear it, and all I could the slow motion of my life going through, and then after that, all I, I couldn't hear anything. It was buzzing sound, and when I came out to my senses, the first thing I was checking is my legs, because that little car here, you get crashed in my legs. I said, okay, I'm all right. My stomach, I'm all right. And then I came out of the car. They came in, took me out of the car. I went to sit down for 10 minutes, called my wife, obviously. And then everything is fine. But the interesting thing is that last week I was speaking to Alexander, and he said something to me that just resonated in my spirit. He said, Daddy, did you realize that he didn't have even a graze or a scratch on your body? And that is God. When you look at this, sorry, can you put that? Thank you. When you look at this, this, I may have a broken ribs or anything or a grace, not a thing. Not a thing at all. And everybody was looking at me shocked. They could not believe it. The eyes, I just came out of it like a dust. Okay, thank you. And then go. But that is God. There's no way. No way I could come out of this. And I'm telling you, whatever happened in your life, whatever happened in your life, 
Ask the question why I am still here today. You know, God's plan, God's way is higher than us. And one of the main reasons we're here is for you to speak to your friend, your loved ones, whatever God has put in your heart about God, about Jesus. That's what we're here for. There's no point for me to come and talk to you about this lovely story about some scientists and if it's not for Jesus. That's why we're here. And you don't have to be here in a pulpit to push Jesus. In your workplace, you can push Jesus. At home, you can push Jesus. When you go on holidays, you can push Jesus. When you're on a bus, you can push Jesus. That's all you need. Today, people are looking for answers. I'm telling you, they are looking for answers. They are looking for answers. And I'm not saying you need to go at work, bring your massive Bible, and then just go to them. This is what you need to do. No. Sometimes people will look at how you behave. The simple fact that you're in a workplace, some people will take some pen and then take it home and you don't do it. The simple fact that when they're actually making those funny jokes and they're swearing, you're not participating. The simple fact that you character alone, your personality alone, is, you're so kind, you're so nice. You see people who say, come, yeah, this guy, Nikki, he's, he's so nice. He's always smiling. I remember when I met Nikki first, we're working at Allen and Opry together, and I wasn't a Christian at the time, and we, me and my guys, I was a security guard, we were just here, man. You know, at nighttime, we used to do some funny thing anyway, but I'm not going to say. But we used to do some funny thing. And Nikki would work with a laptop, and he right, and he would talk, and he would just brighten up the place. And sometimes that's what you do. You just bright the place up. You don't have to speak. You know, coffee, you don't have to speak. Sometimes, you, you, you know, your, your attitude alone speaks for itself. You know, your, your drive, your excitement. People said to Marcia, why she's always happy? Why she's always happy? Because she's got a lot in her. And sometimes that's all you need. You may not know the word of God, but your attitude alone will speak for itself. And today, people need to know we are in Christ. They need to experience Jesus how we are experiencing Jesus as well. Sorry. God's ways are higher than our ways. I want to end up with this. The last few years has been very difficult for many, many of us. We are feeling still the pain. Very, very difficult. And we cannot take this for granted. We cannot take this for granted. And sometimes, we're wondering, how are we going to get through this? I'm telling you, I've been there. How am I going to get through this? And uh, I'm still thinking about it. We lost people. You know, we lost dear friends. We lost family members that are very close, close to us. And we are still dealing with this today. But I truly believe that the only way to have a bit of peace and understanding of what's happening in our life is to believe that God has a plan for us. There's a plan there. There's a reason for when things happen and we don't understand it. I'm going to be honest. 
Holu was very, I was very close to Holu, extremely, extremely close to him. And at time, I struggled to understand why. But I chose to trust and believe that God did it for his reason. And sometimes we don't have to understand why God do it. We just need to believe it, trust, and follow him. Because it's going to come a time where we are going to rejoice, we are going to laugh, and we are going to be together. The world is preparing for the arrival of the Antichrist and what you see, everything is leading up to it. But we're preparing for Jesus, for his return. We're preparing for the millennium kingdom. This kingdom is going to be awesome. It's going to be a kingdom where there won't be any pain for us. We'll be reigning on this earth with God, with Jesus, teaching people the ways of the Lord. For the first time, people that did not believe in Jesus, they will see Jesus. They will see him in the flesh. And I want to believe with this, and I want to end with this. Remember the victory, the victory that we are in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you this morning for just uh, showing us, showing us that your ways are higher than ours. They're much better, much superior. And Lord, this morning, we humble ourselves before you. And Lord, we ask you to continue to help us, to trust you, to believe in you. We know that everything works for good for those who love you and those who are called according to your purpose. Father, we ask you this morning to touch every heart, including mine, Lord. To refocus our mind, our body, soul, everything onto you. So we can continue to be steadfast as we are exciting to your return. We thank you, Lord. Bless this church today. Bless every member this morning. Bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord, Lord. Everything that they ask for, Lord, bless them, Lord. Let them know. Let them know that there is a plan and a purpose for their life. In Jesus' name. Amen.